Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. Today's guests are Sarah Barber and Shannon Berner from NPM, National Public Media. I'm your host, Gina Isham, owner and founder of Dreamer Productions and Sound and Marketing Learning. I create, consult, and educate brands and individuals on the power of sound in marketing. Looking to create branded sound or need a sound strategist? Head on over to dreamerproductions.com and let's chat. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com. Want to learn more about sound and marketing these days? Go to soundinmarketing.com. There's courses and resources galore. For season five, I'm excited to bring you more from the brands and companies actually producing and implementing mindful sound. This either means official sonic branding, sound and or music tied to brand identity, or simply companies that are taking their use of sound and music more seriously. A lot of cool angles and creativity in store this season, so stay tuned. Now on to the show. Today, we'll be discussing podcast and digital sponsorship on NPR programming with my guests, Sarah Barber and Shannon Berner. Shannon Berner is the supervising producer at NPM Creative, the in-house creative team that provides research, strategy, design, creative, and audio production services to NPR sponsors. Shannon is an audio producer and storyteller with previous experience working on both editorial and branded content at Fast Company and Slate, and has a rich history in the audio industry, first getting their start in programming and editing as a teen. In their role at NPM Creative, Shannon leads audio production and innovation for custom products. They are a graduate of Lewis and Clark College with a Bachelor's of Arts in Rhetoric and Media Studies. Sarah Barber is the Senior Production Manager for NPM Creative, where she works closely with the designers, audio producers, and NPR sponsors to help bring brand stories to life on NPR's digital platforms. Prior to joining the team in 2018, she worked as a creative producer at Column 5 Media and project manager at Conservation International. She loves the intersection of storytelling and project management and is a lifelong NPR fan. Welcome to the show, Sarah and Shannon. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. So I'm really excited to have you guys on here because as I was saying off recording, I did not realize that there was a separate intersection between NPR and NPM. You are a different affiliate and I would love it if we could kind of just unpack that a little bit. Can you explain how you work with and work aside from NPR? So the team that Shannon and I are a part of, NPM Creative, is part of National Public Media, the corporate sponsorship arm of NPR. So we work really closely with our colleagues at NPR, um, National Public Media. We're producing all sponsorship, whether that's for um, the sponsor messages you hear on the radio, whether that's sponsor messages you hear in podcasts or that you see on NPR's digital platforms like their website and the NPR One app. And our team, NPM Creative, really, you can think of us as the in-house creative agency for national public media or NPM. So in the same way that we have NPR, we refer to national public media as NPM. How much design work do you actually do with the sponsorship ads? Are they designed primarily by you or by the client, or is it a toss-up between both? So it is a mix. NPM offers standard placements for many campaigns. So for example, a standard 15 or 30 second podcast ad, um, that would be, um, you know, the client sharing scripts that's carefully vetted by our, by our team and then read by NPR sponsorship talent. 
Um, but where our team really comes into play is when a client is looking to do something more custom. So when they want to create a custom audio visual campaign that's sort of holistic, that's running an NPR podcast, that's running um, on the NPR website and an NPR one. And our role, you know, especially where Shannon and I come in is we, we work with clients to really help them craft their story in a way that's going to resonate to the NPR audience. So I'll, I'll pass that over to Shannon to share more about how we do that. I think to Sarah's point, what we're trying to do is make sure that any sponsorship we create for our clients really does resonate with the NPR audience. So we have to take into account the tone. Public media is a very different tone than commercial radio or anything like that. So we're definitely making sure that we collaborate with our clients when they come in and kind of recommend for them hey, okay, this is the story you want, and this is how we can really make that shine for the NPR audience. Sometimes that's from the get-go, we're able to kind of recommend storylines or themes or people that we want to uh, recommend speak in the story. And other times they come to us with a set idea and we get to kind of collaborate and figure out what that looks like together and really craft something uh, in the public media kind of lens, right, um, for our audience. We have a scripted mid-roll that we call a product inspiration mid-roll. We have spotlight mid-rolls, which uh, if you're listening to an NPR podcast and you hear the following message comes from our sponsor, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's a clip from the sponsor, like a speaker um, who either works for the sponsor or worked with. That is our spotlight mid-roll. So we get to work with the clients to find that voice and tell that story. Um, and those are often paired with what are our brand soundscapes. And those are two to three minute long stories that run in different ad placements on the digital platforms. The following message comes from YouTube, featuring this story of an extraordinary creator. Meet Leah Bolden. Well, I've always had a love affair with tools and just working with my hands. I just have always loved it. I think I was maybe 12, 13 years old. I was the first girl to take shop class at my school. Leah, better known as C. Jane Drill, began her YouTube channel in 2013. After three decades working in construction trades, she set out to start her own business, which includes creating videos that help to take the mystery out of all things mechanical. Millions of viewers have turned to Leah's content to learn how to fix, renew, and restore their own stuff. You need to know the basics at least about repairing, making repairs. You know, if you have an emergency, you need to know how to shut off the water. So we get to work with the clients to find that voice and tell that story. Those are often paired with what are our brand soundscapes. And those are two to three minute long stories that run in different ad placements on the digital platforms. The following message comes from NPR sponsor, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Brewing is a pretty resource intensive industry and process. We do a really good job of thinking about bringing a waste product back into a process or into the same process that it came from. Yes, it makes business sense for us, but then we're also making sure we're being good stewards in our community. Hi, my name's Mandy McKay, and I am the Director of Sustainability and Social Responsibility for Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. We opened our second facility in Mills River, North Carolina in 2015. So it really was this amazing opportunity to showcase everything. So a little bit different than like podcasts or like typical mid-rolls, but figured I'd toss that out there. 
No, that's very, very helpful. Actually, you mentioned the word brand soundscape. And so you got my attention on that. Yeah. Can you kind of um, break that break that down for me a little bit? I'm a sonic brander. So when you say something like that, I'm like, okay, this is exciting. How, how do you make sound work for the story? And that's kind of separate from words, but maybe it's both. What, how, how would you like to describe it? So I would say that our brand soundscapes, the creative approach we are taking here is telling a story. Um, ultimately thinking of it sort of like a public media news piece, kind of, you know, that journalistic inspired audio story, getting to know somebody, putting a face to the work that is being talked about, um, whether that's finding like a product manager, an engineer, a programmer, a designer, um, somebody from the brand who can really connect with the audience. I think that it, it all comes down to that for me is like person first storytelling. And that's really what I mean when I say this public media approach is like, let's put a face to it. Let's get the audience somebody that they can get to know. Let's hear about why they love their job, what they're doing, why they think it will make an impact. And then from there, we're able to kind of figure out what pieces make sense for the storyline and score it accordingly with uh, custom compositions and Sometimes uh, we'll do some like immersive sound design as well, depending on the story and if it makes sense. But I think it's really trying to let that person's story and that person's narrative shine through to tell the brand story. The reason we take that approach, which is a pretty different approach from a lot of other publishers and um, you know content studios, is really because of that relationship between NPR and their audience. That's something that's really special. There's a very high degree of trust between NPR listeners and the NPR brand. And, you know, working for NPM and on our team, we're NPR listeners as well. Like that's something we really understand and we really honor that, that relationship. And so we want to make sure that all of the stories that we're producing are supporting that audience trust. We want to make sure that Every piece of audio we're producing is meeting that same really high quality in terms of the audio, in terms of the tone and the production. And we know that this makes a difference. We have a lot of research with our NPR audience and, you know, seven in 10 NPR listeners say that their opinion of a business is more positive when it supports NPR. And so that's something we really keep in mind um, and really take very seriously when we're producing our stories. I have to agree with you because I am also an NPR listener and there is something about the way it's presented and the breath that is taken uh, in between ads, in between programming. There's just a sense of purpose that I really, really appreciate. I always think about, you know, I'd love to make my podcast more of like an NPR style. The care that is taken to put on a podcast on NPR, you need a, you need a village and I'm one person. So, but I very, very much respect what you do. And I, I hope that at one day I can actually take the moment and the time to put together programming like you guys put together. Um, so thank you for that. And I really appreciate that even down to the advertising, um, whether it be for product or for another show that you take the care for that as well. So that's really, really great. I just want to thank, thank you for that and say that we feel the same way. Like the, the work we get to see the producers for NPR podcasts and NPR programming, the amount of uh, intentionality they put into that work really drives why we are taking as much time as we are. Because 
we just like you said, and as Sarah said before, I'm just echoing it again. It's like that trust between NPR and its audience. We never want to, you know, stand in the way of that. And so we're going to make sure that we're very mindful and we, we like to call it mindful sponsorship. Um, we've done several presentations with that like title, you know, just our little keywords there. It's really important to us. So we really appreciate getting to talk about it. We, we three will know the answer to this, but I'm going to just put it out there because it's an important thing that I think that a lot of people uh, just need to be reminded of, I guess. But um, how important is creativity in NPM sponsorship design? Why can't we just use the same ads that we use for TV and other media on this programming? NPR has a very specific style and tone, as you mentioned very journalistic. Um, it sounds pretty different to a lot of commercial media. And I think that's why, you know, when we're crafting our stories for sponsors, we want to both kind of mirror that tone and then also really kind of enhance audience trust by also helping them understand what is sponsorship and what isn't. We never want to kind of pretend that a sponsor story we're making is an NPR story. So we want to both have those sponsor stories um, in tone and style be very similar, but also make sure that we're being very clear when a message is coming from a sponsor. And I think that really plays into our approach. Um, and I know we'll speak a little bit in terms of how we use music, for example, both kind of giving listeners audio cues to understand when a message is from a sponsor um, and also just making sure that we're, you know, striving for that same really high level of quality in everything we produce. I'd also add, um, and this may sound obvious when I say it, but like audio storytelling is different. You are, when you think about how much of communication is nonverbal and then you remove any of those cues and you just have the audio track, um, you then have to kind of think about how you're telling a story in a completely different way. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with this already, but the idea of you're not going to sit in the studio and describe what you're seeing in the same way when you know that somebody else can't see it, right? So if somebody's going to tell me about the work they're accomplishing, if a sponsor comes in and wants to talk about the product they've designed, we have to talk about it in a completely different way. And a lot of that is invoking feeling and talking about how, how the experience of that product is, I would say, rather than be like, oh, look at these buttons. Aren't they nicely designed? What, what buttons are we talking about? Nobody knows. <laughs> And I think the other thing that we keep in mind with that is also just how you tell the story when it comes to information and data. Because when you get a story that's two to three minutes long with our brand soundscapes, we don't want to fill that two to three minutes with a list of statistics because that doesn't hold in the same way as getting somebody to understand through a detailed story, through information and tangible takeaways, what that statistic actually means, what that looks like and what the impact of that is. So as we're telling these stories and we're taking this creative approach, that's also part of the reason we're taking that more journalistic uh, approach to this is asking the follow-up questions that might seem obvious when you're like having a conversation with somebody, but when you're recording and you're trying to make sure that you are making you know, a, a full piece that answers all the questions the listener might have. There's just some little obvious things that you don't necessarily think about in other mediums, I would say. One of the things that really sets the stories that we produce apart and that we have to kind of explain when we're working with sponsors for the first time is, you know, in a lot of advertising, 
you know, things are fully scripted. We're working with actors. In our case, that's never the case. Like we always want to actually meet the real people from a brand who are, you know, actually getting the work done, who are excited about their jobs, who are proud to be working for a band. We want to speak with those people um, and kind of help, as Shannon said, get those details about their work, because we know that ultimately that's what's going to resonate with our listeners. They're curious and they want to know the real story. Um, And, you know, that's something that also in the data that we found um, really proves true. So um, NPM had conducted a study with NeuroInsight that found that NPR sponsor messages are 23% more memorable than traditional radio ads. And I think a lot of that comes down to that fact of kind of really being able to convey um, what a brand is doing in a very genuine way. It's interesting because a lot of my research on marketing has been that, uh, and I think we kind of know this too, is when you're marketing your product, you can't just sell at people anymore. They want to invest in you. They want to understand and relate to you. Um, especially, I think it was the statistics for like generation X and Y and alpha and all of them. Like they very much want to be rooted in that company and believe in it. Um, and the, the level of believing is different, you know, if it has to be doing things for the environment or whatever. But the fact of the matter is you can't just do an ad like we used to see in the 80s and the 90s where it says come to McDonald's and eat our burgers like it doesn't work that way um but if you do it will entice you more than come over here and eat you know uh and I think that that is definitely the difference with um sound advertising and sound entertainment is that without the visual you have to emote and uh, it's just, it's a, another level of complexity, but it's funny because I also can see it play better on that version onto visual medium as is than the other way around. Like, for example, um, I don't know if you guys ever heard the podcast Limetown. Did you ever hear about oh, this? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then they did. Um, I only could watch one episode because it was too tense for me. But um, then Jessica Beale, I think it was, she uh, took the lead part or something on the TV version of it. And it was powerful. And listening to the podcast was even more powerful. And you had no visual, but they got their point across. So anyways, that's my my soapbox on that. No, it's a, it's a... Uh... <laughs> it made me think uh, they also did it with Homecoming and a bunch of other scripted fiction podcasts where you once you take that narrative and you have to add all these other visual cues, there's so many different things that you have to think about. Um, and just being able to translate that into a story that makes sense and answers all the questions. It's a whole it's a huge lift, I would say. For more on what NPM is doing, check out nationalpublicmedia.org. I hope you're enjoying the show. Don't forget to subscribe on all the major podcast channels. Share with friends, follow, and rate. Spread the word because, well, more people should know about this stuff. I know you know that now. For any other inquiries, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.